0: Good morning, everybody. This is Victoria, your dog guru. And today we're talking about wolves and dogs. What makes them different? What makes them similar? What are the biggest differences between the two and how it may change or alter your current thinking? After volunteering for two different summers at a wolf conservation center, I can tell you they're quite a bit different from one another. Despite a dog's outward appearance, it may look similar to a wolf, but they do not have the same social protocols, they don't have the same diet, they don't have the same mannerisms in large part, and their motivators are also quite a bit different. So let's start with a little history. About 34,000 years ago, there was a split between dogs and their original ancestors, gray wolves. And uh, there's a misconception out there that they actually established a domesticated dog from a gray wolf or another type of wolf and started keeping it in the house and training it and taming it. And actually, that's not true. What really happened is we started taming and training feral dogs. So they'd already had the split from wolves. And then throughout exposure to feral dogs within our general territory and environment, we decided to go ahead and train them, breed them, house them, cultivate them. And it's actually due to human interference that we were able to cultivate by means of preferable traits and selective breedings where we established what traits we wanted to really continue genetically, which is the result of all the different breeds of dogs we have. They all had a different purpose. They all were bred for a different reason. And while wolves and dogs may outwardly and on the surface seem like they share behavioral characteristics like some body language, their strong sense of smell, things of that nature, that's kind of the end of it because genetically we removed through cultivation in a human world over thousands of years the undesirable traits. And keep in mind, this was after they already had their split into feral dogs, and the feral dogs are what we took out of the wild in an effort to establish what we now know as a domesticated dog. And it was because of this interruption in natural development we created various breeds with even more varied characteristics while wolves continued genetically on the same path they were always on, sustaining without our involvement. One somewhat obvious difference between uh, a wolf and a dog is the size of their brain, which is substantially larger than that of a dog. In fact, scientists believe that An adult dog is at the same mental intelligence level as a wolf cub. So developmentally and genetically, they're very different. Then there are things in terms of motivation. So humans have domesticated dogs and we've built a relationship with them. And over a vast spans of time, we started teaching them, okay, this is why we're together, this is a relationship that you actually would want. And for a dog, we basically created value, a a value in that relationship for them. And as a result, domesticated dogs crave that connection, a bond not due to survival, but because they're programmed genetically to be social. Um, And then we have wolves. While they may on the surface seem compliant or even be compliant in some cases, they don't have that same desire. They don't have that same drive to connect with humans. Speaking structurally, wolves can have long lanky legs, large paws. They can cover a distance in a single jump of up to seven or eight feet. And so they can cover quite a bit of ground based on how motivated they are to get from point A to point B, whereas dogs are significantly not only slower, but their range of stride is quite a bit shorter. This includes greyhounds who can run up to, you know, 41 miles an hour, which is the top speed we've ever recorded, versus the gray wolf who can run up to 45 miles per hour. Wolves also have Longer canine teeth, which is great when they're in the wild. They can crush bones with the power of their jaws much more effectively than we would see in a domesticated dog. Yes, we have dogs that are developed and have powerful jaws, but not to the level of a wolf. A wolf can take down large prey and crush those thick bones with far more ease than a domesticated dog could accomplish a similar feat. An important point to make is that wolves can't be controlled. Their social structure is inherently different from that of a dog. They have a clearly defined role within the pack, which remains intact and established until a member of the pack leaves or dies. Another point is, you know, dogs are social animals, whereas wolves are independent, and once they reach maturity between two and three years, they often split from the pack to which they were born in search of a mate and the ability to start and create their own pack. And while they are independent, they actually are dependent when it comes to hunting for prey on the rest of the pack. So that's an important role that a wolf will have, which is not only defining as a social rank, but it can also have a huge effect on motivation to not create a lot of drama within the pack. Sustainability and survival of a wolf is deeply dependent on other members within their group. And groups can be anywhere from three to seven wolves. They're not actually massive, massive packs. But like I said, they are pack dependent. It's critical for them to survive. Going back to intelligence, not only are they far more intelligent than dogs, but they become territorial and possessive, especially where food is concerned, which makes them extremely dangerous to own like you would a dog. When it comes to dogs, they don't mentally mature to the same level a wolf does, which is why we're able to reach them, train them, house them. Another pretty substantial difference between the two is that dogs depend on us for survival, while wolves have continued their species without our say-so or direct involvement in the entire course of their history. Wolves are crepuscular, which means they're active from dusk to dawn. Um, A characteristic that is definitely removed from a domesticated dog. I mean, that sets them apart quite a bit because our dog at home could easily fall asleep on a schedule we set out for them rather than craving activity demanded biologically. In simple terms, we can alter a dog's schedule. We couldn't do that with a wolf. Domestic dogs get their nutrition daily, which forms a predictable routine and pattern for them. Wolves, on the other hand, can go days or weeks without food, which results in really an opportunistic feeding pattern. Dogs have adapted to an omnivorous diet, while wolves are pretty much strictly carnivorous. That said, they do self-regulate with plants and berries to treat illness or due to sparse food sources. Wolves hunt in packs and they need that structure to successfully procure prey. Even feral dogs are mostly scavengers and they don't need to have a pack to survive. They have the ability to survive independently and wolves really don't exist that way. Another interesting fact about wolves is an alpha male wolf may not be the pack leader. Females often take that role, their dynamic is based on strength and ability, not sex. And the beta, which is the second highest on the totem pole, is the replacement when the alpha can no longer assume their duties and their role. The beta wolf may issue a challenge that sometimes triggers a shift in the pack by challenging the alpha for the higher ranking position of alpha. But you can also see that role shift if the Alpha becomes weak or dies of natural causes, and then the Beta will shift up to that rank of Alpha. At the very bottom of the pack, you'll find the Omega Wolf, who is the weakest of the pack and in some cases will leave the pack entirely because he endures the most of the aggression that will trickle down through the pack. So. Often they are deterred from wanting to stay long-term if they aren't actually picked off by the rest of the members of the pack altogether. In terms of procreation, unlike dogs who procreate with who is available regardless of breed, size, rank, etc., wolves only mate with wolves in the wild and the decision of who will mate with who is entirely dependent on where they fall in the pack, not availability. In fact, the alpha female and her mate will be the ones who produce the cubs. No other wolves within the pack will be responsible for producing offspring. And while domesticated dogs and even feral dogs will go into heat twice a year, Wolves only have one mating season a year. There's only one time a year where they can actually procreate. So that's that's one major difference right there. Any wolf conservationist will tell you that you know when it's mating season when it comes to wolves because you hear more scuffles, you see a vying for different roles, and typically you don't see that. They they pretty much aren't combative in the natural dynamics within the pack because, they, like I said earlier, they haven't defined roles to find rank within the pack. So it's usually around mating season that you'll see fights at zoo that you wouldn't ordinarily see in other points of the year. Another interesting thing to note specifically about wolves Wolves don't reproduce if food is scarce in the environment. Whereas a dog, even if they were starving, if there was an available female, chances are that female is going to end up pregnant. So they don't actually look at the constructs of an environment to decide whether or not they will reproduce like a wolf will. And while dogs are social, wolves are typically shy. And one risk that puts a human in danger is that you really don't know which wolf or wolf hybrid will fall into the compliance category until they're actually of age in terms of reaching adulthood, which, like I mentioned earlier, is about three years old. Aside from them being naturally standoffish to humans, which is at odds with what a dog is, you know, they they generally want to be connected with people unless they've had really poor experiences, a wolf will be wary of situations where dogs have become accustomed, and that includes the presence of humans. As to a wolf, this could be a threat and dangerous to the pack they depend on for their survival. Something that might be surprising to a a lot of dog owners is actually their dogs are more likely to get into scuffles between one another than a wolf would in the wild. Wolves establish that hierarchy and role really early on and it stays intact, thereby protecting and preserving their species. With a dog, we can assume and establish an authoritative role, a rapport with a dog, but we can't do that with a wolf. Wolves only permit another wolf to be alpha. It isn't a matter of rapport or training or environment. A human doesn't offer the communication that their own species does. And as a result, we can't establish a true alpha role, which is amplified by the fact that we don't hunt with them, which is key to what nature dictates to them, which in essence drops us out of the running altogether. A crucial piece of their expectations instinctually reliant on hunting prey due to strong survival behavior, which in captivity, we don't extinguish. Providing food to a wolf doesn't make you his leader. It doesn't change his criteria in regards to an alpha. You become a familiar entity who provides food, but without the hunting element, you're not on the same wavelength. Wolves will often challenge their human owners, which can result in a fatal disagreement. Despite raising them as a cub in captivity, they remain wild, naturally wild. And while we can establish boundaries with a dog, wolves don't obey their masters. They don't have the same social desire to make us, quote, happy like a dog does. And an adult dog will retain traits we would see in that of a juvenile wolf before they reached maturity, which is why they're far more compatible to living with us, to working with us. They don't develop the same characteristics a wolf will within their development. Young wolves, for example, never challenge the older wolves to take on the leadership. In domesticated dogs, you can see a puppy challenge another dog, an older dog, a more established dog within the home before they even reach sexual maturity. This behavior is largely based on dynamics within the home and individual motivation, but not survival. I'm sure you're aware that some dogs are just fine not being the alpha and are less dominant. Others aren't, and they'll test the boundaries of the relationship in terms of rank. And dogs, they can be triggered by numerous stimuli, not only within a multi-dog household, but outside of their territory, not solely rooted in terms of changing their rank, but also when it comes to reactivity or notably making us aware that some threat is on the property. And dogs have a really wide vocal range and are much more vocal than wolves with different and recognizable bark patterns. Wolves, while maybe capable, have very limited verbal communication, which makes hunting more effective due to defined roles established within the pack, uh, so they don't scare off prey by alerting others. A hunting dog, On the other hand, will bark and howl as it gives chase to the target, alerting others and the master of what's going on and where. Far less of a stealthy approach than you'd see in a wolf. And like I said earlier, despite appearances, like a husky is closer related to a Bichon than it is a gray wolf. The gray wolves are ancestors, but they certainly aren't part of the genetic makeup that we now know as a domesticated dog. One of the main points a wolf conservation center would make to a caretaker of the wolves at the facility is that you're not in charge. You can't predict what will occur and you can't control a wild animal, and they are wild. Furthermore, feeding them doesn't change that. You see elements of kindness from them, but that doesn't mean that they can or should be labeled safe. In truth, you lack the necessary elements as a human that a wolf would require for such an accommodation to be made. And while they're beautiful, They are not to be underestimated regardless of environment, captivity, or in their natural ecosystem, they aren't dogs and they're certainly not pets. With that in mind, dogs have one superior ability, and that is to read emotion and body language in a way that a wolf wouldn't have to establish because they're really not exposed to our physical characteristics and dynamics, especially within their natural habitat. So why does this matter? It matters because it really shows how much human involvement they've had. The fact that they can read our body language and even understand the words that come out of our mouths show not only motivation, to get on our page, but also the result of cultivating and selective breeding. And one other major difference is because of all of that breeding, because of all the things that we've established with different breeds within the confines of a human environment, they can serve a large series of purposes within our world. You know, we can teach them to be service animals. We can teach them to be hunting companions. We can utilize them for things like herding on a farm with livestock. I mean, of these abilities, all of these characteristics that we have built into these individual breeds really serves the human world quite well. And a couple things I want you guys to take away from this. The first being your dog's diet and your wolf's diet are gonna be completely different. I hope you don't consider a wolf a pet because you're really putting yourself at risk as well as any other animal you might have on the property in your home. And while you may not see it surfacing right now, it is a very dangerous prospect. The other thing that I want people to take away from this is because wolves and dogs are not the same, we shouldn't be training them based on what we might assume is normal within a pack. And certain techniques are just completely unnecessary and some things specifically like alpha rolling are not only damaging to a dog's psyche, but they're also really problematic when it comes to trying to establish a new behavior or extinguish one that you perhaps don't want. You could no sooner change a dog into a wolf than you could a wolf into a pet. It's just, they're not really compatible theories. So as you've heard me say so many times, I just drive it home over and over, positive reinforcement is a great way to reach any domesticated dog. In fact, we've even noticed that with feral dogs, we can have a similar response system, though it can take longer to establish. But we definitely don't wanna handle them like what we would assume a wolf would do to another wolf because their terms of a pack and our terms of pack within a domesticated society of dogs is just wildly different. There are stark differences. And if you're considering getting a hybrid wolf, let me just tell you that in my experience, people who want them tend to get them. But like I said much earlier, you don't know when that hybrid reaches adulthood, especially if it's a high content, will have any motivation to be on your team. And that's a huge risk you're taking, not to mention the urge to hunt isn't going anywhere. Like I said, in high content wolf hybrids, you see that a lot. You see them break out of fences and get away from their owners because naturally, their instincts just end up on overload and taking over. If you want something that kind of looks like a wolf, go with a husky because you're gonna be safer. We have domesticated them. We have really gotten to a point where We've developed a safe dynamic and you will not have that same level of security with a wolf or a hybrid. So please do your research. Please don't make the assumption that because it's a hybrid, it is safer. It's not safer. They're still naturally wild animals. The higher content of wolf, the lower your chances are of not only being able to control them, but also keeping them through to the end of their lifespan. Shout out to my buddies in Alaska who really exposed me to wolves in a way that I would have never had access to without that opportunity and that experience. So I'm honored to have had that chance and still grateful to you years later for having done it years ago. As always, please follow us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash dog guru podcast. Make sure you've subscribed to the show already. And if you like our show and wanna rate us, you can do so through iTunes and I'll as always include steps to do that within our show notes. If you would like to submit a question for our podcast, specifically for Coffee and Canines, you can do so at you at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Until then, this is Victoria, your dog guru. Namaste.